Thank you so much for joining this growth support conversation where we facilitate growth for customer support professionals, teams, and functions. I'm your host, Neil. And today I'm joined by Austin Emser, the co-founder and CEO of Stylo, an AI solution for Zendesk to talk about a big ongoing discussion in support right now, AI and the potential that it has within support. How'd you get into AI, Austin? Um, so it's something that I kind of stumbled into. Um, I met my co-founder at, at this point, probably six or seven years ago. Um, uh, like one of the smartest people I've, I've probably ever met. Um, and really I first started learning about, you know, all the, the ins and outs of, of AI through him. So I kind of stumbled on it, uh, uh, accidentally and, and honestly. <laughs> so you've been now working with AI for the same six or seven years or a little bit shorter than that? Well, I, AI has changed so much in the last probably three months that uh, I, I certainly wouldn't say working with the same AI, right? Like, I mean, it's been such an unbelievable journey just over the last, uh, I, I mean, think back to when OpenAI and ChatGPT came out. That's the only thing that everyone was talking about. Oh my gosh, look at all these cool use cases. Uh, uh, how are my kids going to write a legitimate book report? How that I could just ask GPT to do it, um, and that's so different than you know even just a year ago um, be before all of that. So, um, I mean, certainly working with with uh, different bits and pieces, but the building blocks that we have to utilize today are just so far past uh, you know what what was there even just months ago, or even what there will be tomorrow, right? <laughs> Exactly. And, and that, that's what we're so excited for, too. Nice. And for, for you, when you got into it, when you started really looking at Stylo, building Stylo out, what started you to really focus in on the, on the mission there? Yeah, so part of the reason that, that we chose customer support as a whole is, is I mean, you know, as, as we can all see, there's, there's a big opportunity there to solve particularly some of these really tactical problems that are the things that make the queue grow from day to day. Every time, you know, busy season hits, we get further and further behind. And, and it's like you go through all the steps where, hey, you know, all of our customers are asking about, let's, let's take uh, uh, something simple, a password reset, right? Something that I'm sure it's in the knowledge base or it's very clear when you go to log in on the site. Um, customers should probably have looked there first, but unfortunately they never do. Um, they reach out to support. If you let them set the priority, it's gonna be a P5 uh, fire drill every time. Um, and it's just all of these little tickets that hit the queue that, that um, you know, it's, it's where, you know, I would hope that our teams would have more time to be focusing on those really complex issues that, that make a, a, a really big difference to some of those relationships. Um, so just kind of looking at, at that, it, it became, you know, very obvious um, to, to, uh, to, to many of us, obviously, that, you know, there is such an opportunity to help elevate what we're doing in support um, to be able to focus on, on the, those more impactful activities. That, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I was reading on, on the Stylo blog as well, you know, saying there's a lot of misconceptions around what AI is going to do for support and kind of these things that people think will happen, but yeah. most likely they're really, really not. And one of the things that one replaced my job, mm -hmm. I don't think uh, what you mentioned specifically there, it'll give us time and room to focus on the more complex and the really, this needs human attention now 
priority, uh, and it frees up those tactical issues that you're talking about in clearing up the queue. One of the other misconceptions that was on there was it's expensive to really get started with, and it's mm -hmm. a huge financial push to lessen it. And you say, hey, there's a lot of tools out there that you can get started with, very easy and not as expensive of a cost. I'm curious to understand a little bit more about the trust and safety side of that. With so many tools coming out where AI will be readily available for teams to be able to implement, how do you trust the multitude of tools that are available for such a cheap cost and say, hey, yeah, a lot of times it's what you get, you get what you pay for, but at the same time, what do you think? Yeah, so a lot of good questions in there. So let's uh, let's maybe work work some of those backwards and into that trust and safety we're talking about. That's a huge piece, right? Like here it is. Our support has a ton of data that I wouldn't want the world to know. You know, it's our our important customer information. You know, we we have our diligence to make sure that we're keeping that safe. And if we just plug in any app that we find in, in the uh, uh, one of the different marketplaces, how do we know that that's even legitimate? And, and that's where, you know, I, I think, um, granted, it comes with plenty of red tape, but uh, there's been this this push for overall, you know, security and compliance that we've been seeing building over the the last, um, I'd say, particularly five to to seven years. Um, most of my background, uh, I come from cybersecurity, third party risk and compliance. So this is very up up my wheelhouse. Um, uh, and and you know, with that, I think it's the important questions to be asking. You know, do you have a SOC two type two? Um, you know, what do you do, um, you know, from a, a PII perspective? Are you going to be using our, our data for training purposes? And is that being anonymized? Like, how could that cross between these different environments? And there's some really critical questions that, that are, are obviously an important part of that um, to be asking. And, and that's where, you know, particularly for those out there that have a security team, this is an area it is worth chatting with them about for sure. Um, you know, it's it's something that we do all need to be taking seriously. And when looking at a partner um, from an AI perspective, asking some of these right questions is is really really critical. Nice, it's super important, especially with so much security in the cyberspace really happening right now uh, around this topic. For those people who like, it is readily available. It's very quick, probably easy. You just go to a marketplace install. Hey, we have it. <laughs> when do you think a support team would be ready for something like that? And when do you think it's probably not the right time that you should be looking at that? That's that's a really great question. So, I mean, with that, there, there's a few kind of table stakes, right? Um, you know, I, I think organizations need to cover the basics have a knowledge base, right? Like some of these little things, um, you know, make sure that that we're organizing, you know, some of the different ticket queues. Where do things need to be routed to? Um, some of these really basics, um, you know, if it's if it is something that you know you feel would be really easy, where you know I'll keep coming back to the password reset. Maybe that's something where you know you create a macro or two to start. Having some of those basics is 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 a really important thing to start because you know AI can solve a whole lot of problems, but it's not 
it, it's not going to solve world peace, um, you know, on, on, unless some of those basics have been done. Um, now, once those those very basics have been done, that's where you know AI starts to get a lot more exciting, and 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 that's where it's so different the AI of yesterday versus the AI of today. And there's so many you know solutions out there. Probably we'll log in tomorrow, and some new company will will have launched in in the AI space as well. Um, so there's a big difference between you know how do we get set up, how do we onboard, what does that look like. Um, and really, where modern um, AI technologies and, and, and uh, you know similar to to what we provide today, the implementation shouldn't be very hard. For instance, what we do is we look through, hey, all the different knowledge base articles. You know, uh, let's understand and 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 start to break down what are some of these problems and and how could they be answered in this consistent manner. Things like, uh, you know, based on how some of the best agents are responding to tickets, what are, are some of those correct answers? And building up this overall kind of AI knowledge center. And ultimately with that, instead of us having to do traditional, you know, we think of AI training as this like really hard exercise where we have to say yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, like 3,000 times and months later before it starts to understand us. Um, this is a place where, you know, today, I, I, I'd argue you really shouldn't be doing training with AI, um, you know, and, and if considering solutions that, that require that, um, you know, looking towards some of these more modern uh, uh, approaches. You, you mentioned training it, uh, and also knowledge bases and help centers. Um, mm -hmm. I have two questions around that. One, uh, for knowledge managers, people who are actually managing to take care of that knowledge base to upkeep it to make sure the information is accurate yeah. for them do you think that there's going to be more pressure added to make sure that that information is accurate uh i certainly do um and i think for good reason whereas i, I think you know today when we consider should i be writing knowledge base articles and centers the unfortunate truth let's be honest, is we write a knowledge center and three people in the next year are gonna look at it. It's like, it kind of feels like a whole lot of work for nothing. That's where more internal knowledge help centers, I think have been more of the kind of de facto standard, right? Because instead of us needing to write this beautifully um, to be customer facing, we can kind of get this quick and dirty um, Q&A center where it's new people on board and the team, they have a place to look. Um, you know. I think, you know, either method um, from, you know, at, at least from what our AI looks like, uh, looks at is is uh, taking those into account. But to the overall question of uh, is, are these knowledge um, repositories, whether internal, external, I think they're going to be a lot more important because now it isn't just a case of we're enabling our customers um, or some of our internal uh, agents with this information, but we're also using that to give that consistent response that we're looking like from an, an AI perspective. So I think over the next two to three years, um, that's only going to become more and more important. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of projects that pop up here in the next few months. Definitely huge. And for those people who will be implementing, who will be trying it for organizations who really want to get started with it, mm -hmm. at what stage do you think it's almost critical or like needed to say, hey, we need a dedicated person to manage AI tools specifically? 
So it really depends on the structure of the business. So that's my cop-out answer. Um, <laughs> like, you know, for instance, um, you know, for, for organizations that are growing really fast, there's a point where you cannot hire fast enough and, and with how long it takes to, um, uh, to, to get people up and, and uh, to the races, you know, it can be such a lag period based on growth that for those fast growing organizations, I think that's a great example of you just don't have time. You need to start looking elsewhere. Um, also, you know, let's be honest, um, particularly for those in, in kind of some of the tech and software markets, um, the economy's been better. Um, unfortunately, we're seeing headcount cut everywhere. And uh, it's a case where we have the same or smaller team to deal with more and increasing tickets. Another example where, you know, it, it starts to turn into efficiency. Um, given that, you know, I, I think, you know, those are just two examples. It, it depends everywhere. But I think just, you know, being able to level up the team um, you know, so many times we see organizations where there's certain agents that kind of get stuck in in tier one support roles where, you know, they would like to be moving up to some of these more complex tickets. But the problem is they've gotten so good at this and so efficient that the business can't afford to promote them upwards. And I think, you know, this is just, you know, uh, another great case where with AI to be able to help take care of some of the, those tier one um, tickets and, and overall increase the efficiency, enabling some of those promotion strategies and, and turnout. That's a really, really good way to put it. And I, I love the fact that you mentioned, you know, as people get stuck in tier one and, and putting this in, maybe AI takes over those tier one tickets to really start building that efficiency. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about this and I thought, uh, there are so many tools that are implementing AI when you talk about tier one. And for Stylo, for example, which is a tool that helps you build responses and prompts to actually is that customer facing interaction. Right. You also have tools on the other side of it, like uh, auto QA tools that are using AI to say, hey, this is good quality, this is not good quality, this is doing quality assurance for the actual responses themselves. How do you build the connection between, hey, this is a tool we're using for AI to replace the service, and hey, this is an AI tool that's grading the quality, then you have AI grading AI. What's that interaction look like for you? Yeah, so uh, really, really great point, right? Because we have these different sides, and 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 when when I think of QA, at least, it can be a little bit of a like a, a dirty word from the sense of like you know we think of it like oh we have Big Brother watching everything that we do, and like you know is this consistent? At the same time, obviously, there's there's plenty of very legitimate needs. We need to make sure that we're we're responding to customers appropriately in a right brand voice and and with a consistent response to similar problems every time. Um, you know, ultimately, I think um, the real difference is going to be where, especially as as uh, AI, you know, such as Stylo, we are helping um, create this more universal brand voice and and bring consistency to the table, where QA tools. Ultimately, you know, I, I don't think that the need is going to be there like it has been historically. Um, there isn't this huge variance in responses. Um, you know, we're, we're serving up information to say, hey, you know, here's similar tickets where this problem was solved, um, you know, in this, this correct, most efficient way possible. And I think 
kind of as a result of that, you know, we're not going to have that same need from a QA perspective. Um, it, it potentially will move, you know, to the more complex tickets that are more solely based on, on humans. Um, but I, I, I'm sure there's going to be instances to your point of, of, uh, AI grading AI. Um, but I imagine that's going to be a pretty short lived problem. Yeah. Also then probably the focus shifts to making sure that, uh, it's more instead of, uh, quality checking reps, but quality checking that the AI is still on track with the tone and voice that you want and retraining it per se to say, Hey, let's adjust here. Let's adjust there. Exactly. And I think, you know, that's been one of the, the most exciting things that, that we've seen from some of our customers is, uh, it, it can be really hard. You know, I, I think back, it's like, okay, the first few tickets of the day, everything's good. I'm really excited and friendly and the most empathetic person. And then, you know, uh, eight hours in, um, I've got the same question four times. I'm frustrated about things that happened earlier today. It's so hard to find that empathy. Um, and I think, you know, that's a place where, you know, it's been so helpful to have some of this AI assistance because it's like, okay, I know the answer to this problem. I just need to uh, uh, I, I just I, I need to put that in to help uh, you know craft this beautiful response that I would have had earlier in the day, but now something can can assist me to to do it. Um, but it is uh, it's it's a, a very helpful because um, I, I think we have limited emotional reserves, and fortunately, um, AI has infinite. <laughs> That's true. And when you do get to focus on those more complex issues, you get more towards that problem solving aspect that, that all support people love, right? I, I join support exactly. to be a problem solver. I love being creative with solutions. Let's get to those ones where they really are challenging and creative solutions. Most people didn't join support to become an author, right? Like it, it, it wasn't about writing things that drew us to the role. It, it's about solving these challenges. And, and it's like, let's get there. Like, that's the fun part. That's the exciting part. Um, you know, let's outsource um, to have a effectively assistant help us uh, do all the other work. I love it. And thank you so much for the, for the crash course and getting started with AI and really making sure that, hey, you have the tools that you need. Here's how you can be responsible with them. And here's how you can get started with it. I love it. I have one last question for you. You got o it. Over the course of your journey in support and in the space of AI in your career, what's one piece of advice that you've gotten that you really hold to and stick to still continuing today? Um, you know, one of the biggest lessons that I've I've learned uh, over over the years here has just been just keep going. When I think of the early days of Stylo, getting a company off the ground is is not a particularly easy thing to do. Um, everybody says no, from prospects to uh, to investors to colleagues to friends. All you get is no all the time. Um, but when you believe something and see that way forward, it's just a matter of just chugging along and, and making it happen. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that's just, that's been such a important lesson that, that I think, uh, you know, I, I, I've really taken to heart here over, over the last few years. Thank you so much for sharing that. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for, for the whole conversation. I've loved it. I, I really hope that people can uh take away from this that it is a tool that you can really really utilize to make 
you know, your business more efficient, to make sure that your support people are focusing on the most valuable efforts that they possibly can and, and get value out of that. So thank you. Thank you again, Austin, so much. You got it. Thanks so much for having me. This was super fun. <laughs>